Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Mark Josephsberg, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in New York City, and we're going to talk today about an interesting phenomenon that many, I think many Alexander Technique teachers encounter, um, and, and I'll say more about what this phenomenon is, uh, but Mark's going to interview me, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Mark. Yes, thank you, Robert. And uh, welcome back to your show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And I hear you want to talk about some kind of uh, Alexander Technique lessons teacher-student phenomenon. Yes, that's exactly what I want to talk about. And and it's, it's it doesn't have a nice, neat, short name. But I would I would describe it as the phenomenon that I think many teachers have experienced over the years which is a student comes for lessons, the student uh, makes extremely good progress, makes changes occur that are obvious to the student, often obvious to people around the student within the first lesson or two or maybe three. And uh, everyone knows that good things have happened, at least from our point of view, good things have happened, and the student disappears. Mm-hmm. Now... And you've, I, I know from talking to you just before the podcast that you've, you've experienced that. And I believe most teachers have over I've the I've experienced it. And some uh, teacher friends of mine have described all kinds of ways that happens. Right. And in Amazing. Fact, yeah. And I first heard of this phenomenon when I was on the tr- my training course in England. And Paul Collins, one of the directors, was giving a little talk to, to uh, us students one day. And... He's, he referenced it. He said, uh, he said, you're going to run into students who make dramatic changes very quickly, and then they will, you will never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. And just be prepared for that is basically Yeah, I think and most of the time, I would say, I think, when people make dramatic changes, they do return. But mm-hmm. there is a, 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 a large percentage or a large group that don't. And it's almost like the more dramatic the change Sometimes it seems that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, as you say, most people who make dramatic changes at the beginning continue because they want want more. And, you know, it's not – but there are people in this category. And I've been thinking about this on and off over the years. And the other day I thought, you know – I should do a podcast about this, and I should get Mark to interview me because I'm sure he'll have some things to say too. And I've come up with four or possibly four and a half explanations, and I want to just run through them fairly quickly. And with each one, I'd like you to add anything that you would like to add to it. And then when I get through my stuff, you might want to add another explanation or two or three. Okay. How does that sound? Sounds great. So the first explanation is the student got everything they needed, and why bother coming back for more lessons? And in a way, I'm I'm quite sympathetic to that, and because I've known of of cases, and I've had a few students who really uh, they had a very specific issue that was bothering them, and it was very quickly sorted out by some basic Alexander work. And often within a few minutes, and I assume that they 
that was what they came for. That's what they got. So why should they come back? And mm-hmm. and that uh, that to me is the most positive spin I can put on the whole phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you've encountered some that sort of thing from time that to time. That sort of thing. And I would say uh, that whatever your next three or four are, mm-hmm. there are probably people that fit into every one of those four or five categories. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. I think mm-hmm. that's the sort of obvious one that we can dispense with pretty quickly. Uh, the second one is, um, and this is a this is a very sort of Alexandrian view of the world, I suppose, but that when we help people to change long-standing patterns, um, and 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 that we do it by engaging their thinking and, uh, and observational skills about themselves. They are, at some level, forced to confront something that may not be all that comfortable, which is, to some extent at least, they were responsible for their previous um, issues, pain or discomfort. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's not a pleasant... It's not pleasant to uh, to confront that. I I often tell my students, you know, the, 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 the truth... Uh, it, the truth of it is that you are ultimately responsible for yourself. And I often use a quote uh, from uh, an old comic strip called Pogo. It doesn't exist anymore. But there was a wonderful quote where one guy says to the other, we have met the enemy and they is us. <laughs> and I I put that out there as you could look at that as good news or bad news. You know, it's bad news in that you have to uh, kind of own up at some level that you may have been responsible. But on the other hand, it also tells you that you have the power to change it. And I think there's some people for whom that responsibility, taking on that responsibility, things a little scary, and they may just leave for that reason. Mm-hmm. I came into the Algen technique for extreme neck pain. Mm-hmm. And when my teacher uh, must have told me that you're kind of responsible or, you know, you, I, it, for me, it was incredibly empowering, uplifting, and mm-hmm. powerful because I could say, finally, I could do something about this. And that felt great to me. Right. But what what you're saying here, if the connection is not just that you're causing, you know, your neck pain because you're slumping, but if if it gets tied in, and I don't know your next uh, three ideas, if it gets tied in with some kind of uh, emotional part of it or, or there's some kind of fear, I mean, it could be leading to something that's very deep and they don't want to confront that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I think at it, it, some level, Alexander's work does ask people to to see things about themselves more clearly. And some of those things they may not be too crazy about. Yeah. So that's certainly an explanation, a possible explanation. My third um, is that I've had students who have come with specific conditions that have been that have names and they've been uh, diagnosed as it were mm-hmm. and they um they are sometimes fairly active members 
of support groups, for example, of those kinds of conditions for people with those kinds of conditions. And I've had a few examples of where the condition changed very dramatically, very quickly with a bit of Alexander work. And um, the, the, the student came, uh, would come back maybe for a second or even third lesson. And, and the thing that they came for has kind of faded out and um, they don't really almost want to talk about it much anymore. And I think it could be because it, it undermines their identity in that group. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. And I, I have one very specific uh, client in mind, but, but that person was kind of the extreme example. She, was, she had a condition that was, had a very tiny number of people in it worldwide, but it had just recently become sort of certified as a le- legitimate thing. Mm-hmm. And she was very active in the, in the organization of people who, who, uh, who have that. And it it she came for her second lesson, and it was one. Of, it was I don't want to really name the condition, but it was obvious that it had let, had gone. And mm. I I commented on that, and she said, "Oh, oh yeah," but it was like I remember thinking that's strange. I I would have thought that would have been a big deal for her, and, right. and you know, because it was it was something that certainly limited her in some very uh, definite ways. So anyway, she had one more lesson, and that was it. Now. I will say that she recommended me to other people, not people with that condition, however, mm. of which she knew a number. So mm. that that's, I think, a possibility that your your um, your identity or your social network even is a little disrupted if you no longer uh, have symptoms of the condition that that network is based on. That makes total sense to me, and that's I think that is the reason for some people. Yeah, and I have a sort of a part B of that, uh, which is it doesn't necessarily have to be a social network based of other people with that condition. It could be a social network like, say, a marriage, where right. part of that relationship has shifted to one spouse looking after the other at cer- in certain ways because of their condition. Absolutely. And if that condition changes for the better, then th- then there is some rearrangement that has to go on in that relationship. And I I I'm pretty sure of of a couple of students I've had cuz I actually met their spouses that that may well have been why they they stop coming after in in both cases I think two or three lessons when there were just these huge obvious changes for the better and uh, it was almost like it was too much to integrate into the into the their marriage. It's interesting. It would change things and the marriages uh, at that time or whatever was more yeah. important. So, you know, both these and the one before, I mean, they're kind of like secondary effects that we may not think about, but could be quite important for for students and could explain this phenomenon that we're talking about. Right. Now, the fourth reason um, is, yeah, they had great results. They probably would like to um, continue getting more and learning more. 
but there's something about you, the teacher, they can't stand. <laughs> That's that would be impossible with me. But go well, ahead. not with you, but you know, mm-hmm. for the rest of us, <laughs> it could just be some weird personality thing, or who knows that they just yeah, I got these improvements, but I so dislike going to this teacher that I'm not going to continue. The nearest thing that I can think of in my own uh, perusal of Alexander lessons over the years was a, a teacher that I had lessons with when I was on my training course and for a couple of years afterwards, who uh, I, I liked this teacher a lot, but um, she she uh, was a, a, a an extreme cat person. And over the years, her one-bedroom apartment went from five cats to about 70. <laughs> and in they weren't out in the teaching area, but they're... <laughs> their effects were let's put it yes, that way yes. and it, i i remember thinking especially in the summer when it was really hot uh it was not that pleasant to be there right now i could put up with it um you know for the, the work was good and i was willing to put up with it but some people might not be able to or it wouldn't go for the first lesson once uh, you heard yeah. that they have a cat because they're allergic. Right. But in that kind of case, it would seem like if they're really making tremendous changes, they would just find another teacher. Well, that may that may be, and of course, if you're in a if you're in a location where there are other teachers, someone may just no longer see you, but you you later learn they've gone on and had lessons with someone else. Right, and so, this is New York City where I am, and here you, you basically you trip on Alexander teachers. Exactly, time. exactly. So, I mean, those are, those are the reasons that I've thought up. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to that? Just an overarching thing that I've just been thinking about for this last couple of hours. <laughs> um, and it's that, and this may apply to everything that we've said, but basically, it's a, a it's like an Alexander, more of an Alexander technique explanation, having to do with our thinking and the brain. Mm-hmm. And if you keep firing the same uh, neural patterns, uh, clusters of neurons are firing together in your brain. Uh, uh, you're hardwiring your brain in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody has been hardwiring their brain to think that alternative uh, therapies, whatever, the Alexander technique. It's all, I'm skeptical. It's a bunch mm-hmm. of bull. Mm-hmm. And you, let's say you've had that for years. Then you run into a neck condition or a back condition. Mm-hmm. You try everything. Nothing's working. Finally, somebody says, you should try the Alexander technique. And you go, oh, okay. They try it and uh, amazing changes happen. Mm-hmm. But they have these neural connections that are so strong, and the new one is so weak because it's just brand new. Mm-hmm. Even though the evidence is there, all it takes is one little thought or somebody says, well, how was the lesson? They go, it was great. What would you do? Well, we just kind of sat there and I stood up and I sat down. What is the Alexander technique? And I, I can't. It's not posture. It's something. They're already weakening it. And yeah. even though the evidence is there that they've gotten better, mm-hmm. they'll quickly go back into those strong connections and uh, just be repulsed by the Alexander technique, repelled and attracted to what they've always gotten, which is pain. Uh, and this kind of stuff doesn't work. And maybe uh, they could come up with some other explanation yes. of why they got better. 
if it, they really it, think so, that that the Alexander technique is part of, is in a category of things that are no good, mm-hmm. uh, and some good happens, then they might be forced to come up with an explanation of you know something else that 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 was the the real cause, and they don't want to continue to be hoodwinked by this. Alexander Charlatan kind of person. Right. So basically, it's yeah. what we teach. It's it's habit. They have this very strong uh, mental habit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I think that's that's an interesting point. I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. But because you are you are asking often asking people to uh, to really change their view of themselves and their relationship with the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people are just fine with that. I had a I had a student the other a Skype student the other day who who's she said to me you're really you're really rocking my world, you yeah. know. And she yeah. but she was saying it in a really positive way. Uh, right. She, she was not the, not in a defensive. Not way. at all. No. She yeah. just she was just musing on the fact that a whole lot of assumptions that she had had about what what how the mind and body are connected and all that have been kind of uh tossed aside and maybe assumptions making assumptions is just a uh, a mental habit yeah well she was the kind of person who she is the kind of person who's absolutely fine w- with that but 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 not everybody is nope and uh so um anything else you want to add no no, I think this was really good. I think it's an important subject, and I think it's important for a lot of people, including newer Alexander teachers. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, – actually, I'm so glad that I got that advice from Paul Collins back on the mm. training course because um, this came up for me literally in the first two weeks of teaching. Hmm. It was probably my second or third student, and exactly this happened. Yeah, not yeah. just that she noticed the changes. That pe- she went away for a weekend, and people people saw her and commented, and you know all the, all that stuff. And she came back for a second lesson, and she she mentioned all that, and uh, then I never saw her again. Another topic uh, about this would be what can we, knowing that this is true for any number number of reasons we mentioned, or you know ten others, mm-hmm. what could we do about it? What 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 would help? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. what would happen. But why don't we put this out there to Alexander teachers and and students who uh, who who listen to this? If you have any, certainly any ideas of other reasons that we haven't thought of, please let let me know. And if you have any ideas of how this problem could could be lessened if we want to if it's a problem i I guess it's kind of a problem in the sense that it does seem to me that some people are missing out on some good stuff Mm -hmm. but uh yeah let let me know and uh, we could always do another podcast or maybe i'll write a blog about it and put this interview in the blog i do think it's a fascinating topic and it's not one that i hear talked about a lot but whenever I've brought it up with people, they've all said I, I've had that experience several times. So yeah, yeah. Okay, hey Mark, uh, my, my guest today, Mark Josephsberg, um, is an Alexander teacher in New York City 
So if you if you're interested in the technique and want to study the study marks there in New York, uh, and, and and I'll put also I'll put a link to his website by the interview. I'll also put a link to a, web, a website that tells you more about the Alexander technique and will help you find a teacher anywhere in the world. Mark, thanks so much for this. Thank you, Robert. It was really great.